welcome to the Purpose and Profit Club podcast for nonprofit leaders, mission-driven creatives, and social entrepreneurs. Get ready to stop dreaming and start doing. Here, ideas become action. We prioritize purpose and profit. You ready? Let's go. Why are we willing to shine the light on ourselves and be quote-unquote boastful about some things and Others, we completely step away from that light. We run out of that that spotlight and we avoid talking about a success, talking about our wins, talking about an upcoming project like crazy. We just totally avoid it. Why do we do that? Because we're trying not to come across as salesy. If this is you, today's podcast episode is for you. If you've ever felt like, I feel salesy when I am pitching to a, a funder. I feel salesy when I'm trying to sell a product or service. You're not alone. I think a lot of women feel that way. I think a lot of founders feel that way. And something happened to me recently where I watched myself step into the spotlight. I watched myself be quote unquote boastful. I watched myself do it like over the course of the day so many times that I was like, what is happening here? Did it have to do with anything that I offer, any of my courses, any of my coaching programs? Nope. There was a huge lesson I learned in that, and that's what I'm going to share with you today. Have I told you about when I got locked in my house? Yes, in my house, not out of my house, in my house. So this happened recently, and then the series of events that happened next were really, really interesting, and they ended up being kind of like a like a self-discovery on how to talk about what it is you do in a way that doesn't feel icky and weird and and salesy or whatever it is that you sort of come up against when you are pitching a client, pitching a new donor, offering a new service, program, course, like whatever your your thing is, a product at the farmers market, like however you're like, "Oh, I don't want to be weird and salesy and it's 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 too much," right? This was such an interesting study in what to do instead. Okay, so first, what happened? So one weekday morning, we dropped the kids off at school, came back here, my husband's home, I'm home, and then he goes to open the door and the doorknob is stuck. Like it's jammed in the lock position, okay? The front door is jammed in the lock position. And we're both just like, what? What is happening? So we're both kind of jiggling it and kind of like getting frustrated and jiggling it some more. And after some time of messing with it, putting a key in it, I don't remember exactly what we did. Both of us, it's clear, this thing ain't opening. And he's like, I need to go. I have an appointment. I need to go to work. Um, And so he leaves out the back door. Okay. So he leaves out the back door and I'm going, this is, I'm going to figure this out. Like I just... I just was like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm not going to call a locksmith. I can mess with a doorknob. I'm going to figure this out. And that was basically my energy around this. It was like, all right, all right, I see you, universe. Like, I accept this mission and I'm going to figure this out. So first thing I do, I YouTubed it. I was like, all right, door stuck in lock position, YouTube it. I watched like three or four videos and... I proceeded to get more and more frustrated because nothing was working. I had an entire like display of screwdrivers, pliers, putty knives, like all the tools out. And 
it wasn't budging at all. I had successfully started to take one side of the doorknob off. So like the interior side. And then what I decided to do next, because it was much easier than like going out the back door, walking around the fence, like to the front of the house, we have this, this window. And so I started climbing out the porch window to like, go see if I could jimmy it from the front and get the doorknob off the front of the front of the side of the door, the exterior side. You with me? So I was partly going like in and out the window multiple times with the screwdrivers, trying the exact same method from the other side and nothing was working. And I started to hit the point where I was like, am I going to have to call a locksmith? This, I just, I just was like, I don't want to, I'm going to figure this out. So I decided to Google again and search a little deeper, go further down the pages. And then I saw this headline. It was very compelling. And like, listen up and think about this because what got me was the headline. It could have said like, I don't know, everything generic that all the other things were saying, right? But this said, using a Coke bottle to fix a locked door. I was like, okay, I'm listening. It was an outside the box solution. And I was like, I'm going to try this. I haven't, I haven't, I've, I've done all the other things. I've got all the little, I've got all the hardware store things and that's not working. So I watched the video and it requires you to take like a liter bottle emptied or even like a water bottle would work emptied. And you basically cut open down the length of it and you're creating a long strip of plastic. Okay. And then you put that through the door frame, kind of like you would credit card a door open and it just pops open. But I had tried, by the way, credit carding it open. That was not at all doing anything. So guess what? I don't have a water bottle. I don't have any Coke bottles. I got nothing. So I dig out like one of those big um, salad mixes, you know, the like they come pre-washed. It's like mixed salad greens. And I'm like that, that's, it's in a plastic container. So I like dump out the salad mix and I cut it open. I make a long strip and I'm telling you, I, one try, I popped it through and it was like, ding, pow. I, I actually exclaimed out loud. I was so excited that I did it. Like I was so excited, number one, that I figured it out and it wasn't any of these, it wasn't a screwdriver or anything else. Number two, that it was like this, this weird outside the box solution. I got it my first try. Like I was giddy. Okay. So that's the story about that. But this is why I'm telling this to you. Okay. What happened next was really interesting. So on my calendar that day, I had a lot of calls. I had client calls. I had coaching calls. I had a call, a group call with one of my um, programs. Like I had a lot of different calls happening. And then I noticed myself in the calls recounting the story. I found myself telling a coaching client about it. I found myself, I went to the hardware store later, by the way, because I actually had to, I took the whole doorknob off and I had to just buy like a component, like the the little latching component was what had failed. And so that's what needed to be, uh, I need to throw one out, put one back on, like put a new one on. And even when I went to the hardware store, I was like, guess what I did? (laughs) This is what I figured out. And they were like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. What, that was, you know, like whatever. And then I'm like on the call with another client of mine. I'm like, telling this, the, the, you know, the hero story of, of making this happen. I'm not saying I solved the world's problems by jimmying open something with a little piece of plastic, but I'm saying that I found the whole thing 
kind of funny and kind of interesting. And I watched myself want to recount the story. Then I noticed as I was recounting the story, people were celebrating with me, whether it was my client or like the stranger at the hardware store was like, that's awesome. And I thought about it and I was like, wow, I've really told this story a lot today. What's that about? Why am I, why do I have this mix of like pride and celebration and um, resourcefulness that I want to share with everybody? And you know, what's really interesting is my clients have that too. The nonprofits I work with, the small business owners I work with, like literally they are solving a problem daily. They have a mission that is making an impact on this world and they're not talking about it because they're assuming no one wants to hear about it or they've already told them before. And what I wondered is, what if you came across it with the same energy of like excitement, like resourcefulness, like I'm smiling as I'm thinking about it because it was just like no one was home and I was like, yes, I got it. You know, celebration, if you had just like, 50% of that, 10% of that, when you went out and had a discovery meeting with a potential client, when you went out and had a Zoom call with a potential funder, and you actually came from the space of not only do they want to be here, they want to hear from me, but like they're going to be giddy and excited and cheering me on and celebrating with me when I share the social proof that what we do works. When I share with them the, the power of the impact we've had and the vision for the future. Like they're going to be with me. They're going to be with me. It's it's the same concept of starting this podcast. You know, I could decide like, listen, I've already told my friends. They already know. And I've already told, you know, my colleagues and sort of my friends of friends. Or I can show up and I can tell my friend who I haven't seen in a couple, you know, in a couple weeks. And I can say, I started a podcast. Oh, my gosh. Come hang out. And I can have them celebrate with me. But I think the reason why, one of the reasons why we avoid doing that, we avoid doing that, is because we don't like the light shined on us, right? That feels weird and uncomfortable. And I noticed that too in that moment about this, is it was easier for me to say, look what I did when it was some weird, (laughs) random, curious thing that happened. And it's harder for me to do and say that same celebratory thing when it's something I already, when it's something that I'm actively selling or promoting. You with me? Like it would be easier, and if you're a mother, you'll know this, or father, it's easier to shine the light and celebrate your kid and their accomplishment. Oh my gosh, they got straight A's. They're the gifted program, they hit the whatever out of the park, like whatever the thing is, right? You're so easy to tell your your friend, your neighbor, your coworker, finally, guess what? They got straight A's and celebrate them. Then for you to shine the light on yourself and say, I closed that deal. I did that. We raised our revenue 25% year over year. And I did that. My sales are up. I just closed five new deals. I just got five new funders in, right? Like it's it's harder. It's harder to shine that light on yourself. So one of the reasons why it's harder to shine the light on yourself is maybe you feel uncomfortable having the light on you, which is normal. You feel like weird and boastful. I used the word pride earlier. Some people might not like the word of just feeling prideful. I don't mind it. I like that word because I think 
as entrepreneurs, as founders, as leaders, as anyone who gives a damn about what they do, to have pride in your work and pride in your results, I love it. That makes sense to me. So to have pride in it still might feel uncomfortable for you. And then the last piece is the is is the root of this, which is how do you market your buns off, market your face off without feeling salesy? Like how do you do that? And I'm going to flip that around and say, why is it a problem to be salesy, right? Why is it a problem to be salesy? Let that sink in. Who's salesy? Apple is salesy. When they're sending me, selling me an iPhone, they are happy to tell me all about the features, all the bells and whistles, all the upgrades they made from the model that they released six months ago, even if there's really not that many new upgrades right? They're happy to tell you all about it. And I don't really have a strong opinion that they're weird and annoying and too, too, and they're selling me too much, right? I don't really have an opinion about it at all. If I'm interested in buying the product, then I'll buy it. If I'm not interested in buying it, then I'm not really thinking about them being salesy one way or another. They're just not on my radar. Does that make sense? There is an energy, like an energetics of this that weaves into your mindset. So the energetics of pitching someone an offer. An offer is just simply something that you can get a yes or no for. So if you can get a yes or no to purchase a candle you make, if you can get a yes or no to buy something from your small business, to become a client, right? Maybe you're a consultant. If you can get a yes or no from a funder, from a donor, right? Any kind of offer. And we're avoiding this. You're avoiding this because you don't want to come across as weird in sales. So what if you pitched a funder or a client, a prospective anyone, and the energetics around it was very similar to what I had with this lock, right? Where I was like, I played locksmith today and I I did it. I, I have such pride in this small, tiny little moment. That's the other thing. Guess what? You don't have to say, you know, we had the most amazing week ever and that's what you need to channel. It could be a small, tiny little moment that you want to channel energetically before you go pitch a prospective donor or new client. You with me? Is this this landing for you? The piece I really want to make sure you start to unravel is this idea that you don't want to come across as pushy and salesy. The, the more you are committed to that or however you however you define that in your role. So if you're pitching a prospective donor, running an online campaign, running some sort of online sale, going to a discovery meeting, something like that, and you're thinking like, I don't want to be pushy and salesy, that is going to directly correlate to your revenue. Your revenue will not be impactful, right? Your revenue will not push any growth limits because you yourself are dimming your own light. When you come across these meetings and when you go into these calls and these meetings with the idea of what I'm doing matters, what our organization is doing is impactful. They want to hear from me. It comes out much more compelling and natural and people are attracted to that. It's not a problem for you actually to sell. It's not a problem. 
many years ago when I was in college, I was a salesperson at Betsy Johnson and I was good at it. I was really good at it. And I could sell some dresses. I could do some add-ons. I could, uh, somebody come in for one outfit, I could sell them four or five because number one, I believed in the product and I believed in the person and the feeling they were after. And I could see their transformation. I made it fun. I wasn't ever thinking I'm being pushy and salesy and weird and this is really awkward. I was thinking this woman lit up when I put when I suggested this dress and I know three other dresses that have a similar style that will look amazing on her and I'm going to put them in her fitting room and I know the perfect earrings. Like I'm not kidding, that was the energy and that was the thoughts behind it and it made it really easy to sell. To the point where People would get frustrated with me where they're like, why did you have such a good sales day? Because this was a part commission gig, right? And the good sales days matter to your check. And some of the other salespeople who were not energetically feeling it, who were not making those those recommendations, weren't seeing the same, same uh, weren't getting the same paychecks, right? And I'm like, I'm just excited about what I do. I'm just excited about literally we, I would get so excited about new shipments. Like I would get very, very excited. And I would call my best clients because I knew what they wanted and what patterns they liked. So Betsy Johnson would make her own textiles. And so if there was a certain floral print that I knew some of my clients would be after, I just pick up the phone and say, hey, we just got a new shipment. You need to come in and see this. And I wasn't coming across, I wasn't thinking to myself, I got to sell them, I got to sell them, I got to sell them. I was thinking, they're going to be mad at me if this thing leaves the floor and they didn't get it, right? I got to let them know. I got to let them know. And there are so many thoughts I've given you just now that would make your pitch meeting, your next discovery call, your next online campaign so much easier if you were thinking where you're like, I just got to let them know. I'm sending way more emails this time. I'm doing way more outreach this time. I'm prospecting my buns off this time because I'm letting them know what we're up to because it matters versus I'm bugging them. I'm too salesy. So let's recap. We are going to stop villainizing selling. We're going to stop villainizing the word salesy because in fact, there's nothing wrong with it. And in fact, the more salesy you are, without being weird, the more salesy you are that is true to you and your passion for what you do, the more you're going to make, right? We are here for two things, purpose and profit, okay? We're not just selling widgets and we're not just volu- we're not just volunteering. We have a purpose and we want to make profit. We have family, we have travel, we have all of the things that you desire to do and you need money to do those, right? So does your organization, so does your business to have an even bigger impact. So reducing the tension around the word selling or around the word pitching or whatever that kind of flavor of the word is for you and actually letting it be something that you do on purpose will change the way that your organization receives funding, will change the way that people are attracted into your organization, literally. Like literally, they will be more attracted to you. Your stories will be so much better and so much more compelling. So try that, try that and go sell, go do some selling. I'll see you next time. You know how they say you should enjoy the journey, not just the destination. 
Have you ever wondered how do I crack the code to do that? I can help you do that. I can help you not only achieve your biggest, most daring goals, but the journey to get there. No more overwhelm, no more self-doubt. I want to invite you to book a call with me. Go to splendidatl.com forward slash book. Think you've reached out to everyone in your network? Are you out of ideas to get noticed and get funded? I hear you. That's why I'm giving you a chance to steal my prospect list. Yes, you can generate leads for your nonprofit or impact-driven business. Grab my mini training and list delivered to your inbox instantly. Go to splendidcourses.com forward slash prospect.